0: Just like that, another Redskin season in the books. We're here to talk about it. Thanks for tuning in. This is Hogs Night of Porkcast, episode number three. If you're listening for the very first time, allow us to reintroduce ourselves. You got Brian Stabby, a.k.a. Brian from Kickball, a.k.a. Brian from Hogshaven, lead editor and now podcast manager. We got Dr. Chris Jones in the building casual casual fan here i
1: got no no titles not uh not a lead up quite the same as that, but
0: that's okay we we don't have to we're not a we're it's all egalitarian up in here we're we're all okay. the same
2: you're a doctor compared to me, so
0: you got that credential going for you <laughs> i do have a plaque on the wall <laughs> we got the champs drummer we got ski
2: doctor of drums you got your p h d what that would mean you got your p h d in drumming that works, yeah.
3: Doctor Ums. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor <of> Ums. <laughs> Beach Roombas in the house. Yes, yeah, sort of happy to be here. Welcome back, everybody,
0: and Ned Botneil.
2: How's it going? Yeah, this is uh. Well, we'll get into it this week. It was uh, it was interesting, but yeah.
0: Yeah, this is our end of season podcast. Uh, the Redskins. 2018 season has come to a close. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll put a little quick PSA on the front end of this guy if this is the very first time that you're listening to us and likely is unless you are digging in the deep recesses of the internet for Redskins related content, which I know some of you do. We are launching this brand new channel for Hogshaven and are currently still looking for additional hosts to be a part of it. So if you think you got the chops to match up with the folks in this room, Get over that low bar and shoot me a note.
3: <laughs> and that's not those on the field. It's just us
0: in this podcast. <laughs> so they'll beat so. everybody
2: but Brian. So.
0: <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, and I, when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. Redskins fall in Week 17 to the Eagles. It was a bit of a laugher. They were at home. They get shut out. I mean, it started bad. It ended worse. Uh, really, what is there to say? We talked about it on the tail end of last week's show. Eagles had everything to play for. The Redskins had nothing to play for, and I mean, it kind of bore out that way, didn't it? I think it, it's funny to say this as like a, a typical heartbroken DC
3: fan. It seems like whenever the tables are turned, and this would be a Skins game that they would have to win. I, I bet if the Skins were in this position, they would still produce the same result. That's just the the jaded fan I've become because they've they've been in this position before but they'll still fall flat. And say it was a team that didn't have as much to fight for besides being just a spoiler.
0: They did just, this two or three years ago yeah. against the Giants in Week 17. Just, it's just win
3: and get in. And, yeah, sure, it, it's a tough win, but it's a team that probably doesn't have as much to, to play for except ruining your season. And it's something that I, I wish we could have done to the Eagles, but of I don't know. It's just tough to watch. It's, it's, it's good to see a team win when they need to, but it, it's tough to watch when your team can't do it
2: and I I want to play the spoiler for once I feel like we're somehow always in the position to just make it and we always fall short but this year we had the chance to knock out the defending Super Bowl champions and I wanted to Yeah. just play for something but I wanted to just kind of knock them out and just have a feel-good moment for the end of the season just something to look forward to but obviously it, it fell quite short of that
1: yeah um I always felt like the product on the field kind of played out the way I expected. Uh, you're you're giving a good defense um full time to prepare for a backup quarterback. So um, I didn't think Redskins would score a lot, and our our defense didn't hold them back much either. So
0: yeah, I mean they ended up playing against Nate Sudfeld, former Redskins quarterback, who threw his first career NFL touchdown. And I will. Good admit, for him. He had a, he had a nice little moment where he uh he had to g- he went over to an Eagles fan and negotiated a trade to get the football back for his first career touchdown. I saw that. And I, you know that's a nice thing to see, but it's just like man, they turned that the Eagles fans they turned that game into a home game at FedEx this past week. He had a perfect QB QBR that, rating. That's Unble- an understatement. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, the Eagles uh, they get back into the playoffs, and again we're not going to talk about ex-girlfriends, but. Also in week seventeen, Kirk Cousins played his way out of the playoffs. The Bears win the NFC North. Yeah, that's my ex girlfriend, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I think he's so all of our ex girlfriends. <laughs> like I said last week, you just gotta delete him off of social media. No more Facebook, no more Twitter, no more Instagram. You gotta be done with it. We still talk sometimes. Just Snapchat. No no <laughs> drunk text to Kirk Cousins. You don't wanna be that guy. So maybe
1: text him on his birthday or something.
0: Maybe like peep the gram a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, what's his new boyfriend look like? Kirk <laughs> Cousins. <laughs> we'll just say it. He's at home. The Redskins are at home. We'll leave it at that. We don't need to get too much more into it. I mean, everything has been said and done. Yeah, it's not all on him, all on him. No, but. It's not absolutely not. So, uh, Redskins finished the season under 500. They're seven and nine. They had an opportunity to finish 500. I don't know if you'd feel better going into this off season if they were 500. Um let's talk a little bit about our initial reflections on the season. A high point obviously being, you know, they were 6 and 3, they were two games up in the division. That was a really great feeling at that point. Think back to where you were in week 9.
2: It was glorious. It was amazing. I couldn't believe we were in that position. It, it never happens for us. Like the skins of the team who I don't know. The skins seem to struggle a lot and always make it like a nail biter to get to get there. But this year, somehow the season that seemed like we were gonna be the worst we had been in a while, losing Geist so early, we somehow got got some luck early on and uh, looked really good. But then hit some some heartbreaking injuries that just killed us. But yeah, it was, it was so exciting to have that those two weeks of just like this season could be something special.
0: Do you have? Does anyone have a? Best memory of this season? Like, your high point of what you really feel was like, this is it? I know what mine is. I can't remember what
3: week it is, but oh, w- what it. was the week that uh, AP ripped off that 90-some yard?
0: Or was it 80-some was like yard? Four weeks ago. Well, I think we did lose that game. Well, he only had four rushing yards in the second half of that game. Well, well I mean, the But those, those were a how? big four yeah, yards. Big. You, g- you got to think about how big those were. I'll just say, my high point of the season was.
2: Don't you
0: say it. Watching.
2: Don't you say it.
0: The Cowboys back up five yards and kick a kick right oh, off the upright God, I forgot about that. to win the ball game for the Redskins and to beat the Cowboys at home and really what at the time <laughs> felt like bury them and the Redskins at that point you say all they got to do is go five hundred and they're gonna make the playoffs. The amount of hope that I felt in that moment and the amount of enthusiasm and excitement and saying, this could happen, this could be real. That for me, I'm going to hold on to that for a while. Even though it didn't pan out, there was there was unbridled hope when the Redskins beat the Cowboys at home. And it's always good to beat the Cowboys at oh, home. Oh, it's always
2: Yeah, it's great. You've seen those videos on Facebook about fans losing their minds. Yeah. Cowboys fans.
0: <laughs> and you know... Uh, we had, there was a poll on uh, SB Nation a couple weeks ago about who is your top rival. We talked about this last week with um, French toast and waffles and pancakes. Oh, yeah. But I think for a good number of Redskins fans of all generations, if you ask them who is the team that you most want to beat, it's still Dallas. It is, yeah. And so to do it at home, that was, that was a nice point this year. I think that's true. It's just it's been tough the last
3: couple of years because we're not as competitive with uh, Dallas as we used to be. I think it's more along the lines of the Giants these days, but it is always fun. I think uh, the players get up to to play the Cowboys, and so it, 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 it turns out
0: to be a good hype week, but sometimes the result's not what we're expecting. Well, they beat the Cowboys, and not too long thereafter— that's when the wheels fall off. I mean, obviously the turning point of this year was the Redskins losing Alex Smith, and there's been good news on his front in the intervening weeks. He was in; he had an extended hospital stay. I'll put it out there. Did anybody actually see it happen? Because I did. The injury? Yeah. You did. No, I they, well, they did just a, saw a replay.
2: They did a bad job showing it live. They showed him down after the play. But then right before cutting to commercial, they showed a slow motion. One time. Yeah, one time, and I can still see it so clearly. Yep, and it's yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's terrifying. It was, yeah. I, and I'm glad I only saw it once because I was like, this is this didn't look
0: good. No. I can't watch those. It's awful. Well, you know why they only show it one time? Joe Theismann. Back in the day when, he's, when the Giants' Lawrence Taylor snapped his leg in half, they kept on showing the replay over and over and over again. And really, in sports, that was a seminal moment in sports broadcasting. They said, we're not going to fetishize these injuries. You show it once, and that's it. And he I, tweeted I like He that. tweeted as soon
3: as that happened, saying, that's exactly what happened
0: to me. And like, hoping for the best, but knowing this might be yeah. the end. Well, the prognosis at first was grim. I mean, there were rumblings that it was going to be a life-altering injury. But it seems like he's sort of taking the the steps in the right direction, so to speak, it's too soon to say whether or not he'll ever play an NFL game again, which is really kind of tragic for him personally and for this team. So, you know, the future is kind of hanging in the balance a little bit based on what happens there. Especially with the type of investment that they made in Alex
1: Smith to have him go down is a real heartbreaker. For this franchise. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, they kind of staked their fortunes on bringing in Alex Smith and having him be productive for at least a couple years while they figure out what they do next.
1: And you'd hope like he'd be there to mentor a younger QB, but with this injury, they may have to just get a QB and play him right away or, or what have you.
0: Well, and then what ended up being kind of a double backbreaker there, was very shortly thereafter, the kind of quarterback in waiting for the duration of Jay Gruden's tenure in Colt McCoy, he goes down with a season-ending injury. It's just like, at that point, you can't buy any good luck.
2: And yeah, I I know I did. Everyone had to have felt so bad for him, because that starting game was the first game Alex Smith was out, and they had a little thing with Colt doing a little intro in the game he's like it's my time finally I've been waiting for this my whole life and like yeah everyone's rooting for him everyone wants him to do well because he's everyone knows he's been behind RG3 behind Cousins and then un- unluckily he yeah obviously he breaks his leg also and it's just something that it just kills the team and I'm hoping he gets healthy but
0: and if we're doing superlative moments of the season I think he goes out, he, he broke his leg, and I can't remember which bone yeah, it not was. Sure. He played another series on a broken leg. He went out there and tried to gut it out, and then after that series went over the sideline, I was trying to practice some drop action, and just said, I can't.
2: Yeah, he didn't, because I thought it didn't look that bad, but then it came out that it was broken. Yeah, well, it's broken, it's broken. I know, but I mean, yeah, but I know. But he was able to at least walk, so I don't know if that means it could be a quicker healing process or... What? But
0: yeah. Well, he'll he'll be back. They still have him for another year, and we'll probably spend a good amount of time on some off-season podcast talking about, like, really digging deep on what the quarterback situation looks like for the next year or so going forward. Probably something we'll talk about closer to the draft. Grim. Yeah, it's tough. Um, So he goes down. The Redskins go out, and they decide that the Sanchez is the answer. Mark Sanchez. Who he hasn't? Sh- he should never be the answer. Yeah,
2: I don't know why that was the choice. Well, he had some I know, familiarity I know, with the. But that we saw how that played out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's funny because back in the day, his his draft year, Vinny Serrato, who was the GM at the time, wanted him so badly. He got taken by the Jets before the Redskins could get to him, and I mean the Jets went to two AFC title games. So, you know, it's he's obviously far past his prime. The Jets, if I remember
1: right, had a a very good defense behind him. Yeah,
0: they did. I think he also had LaDainian Tomlinson as as oh, his running yeah, back. That, that could help. So, you know, it was one of those things where Jay says, well, he's a guy who fits the system. And he came in, and it, either there's something wrong with the system or or I don't really know what to say. You can't, you can't just
1: have, like, a puzzle piece come in and you think a player's going to fit this. You need somebody to come in and make plays and to, like... I mean, the, the Redskins' offense needs a QB that's going to push the pace because they don't have other players around them that can really move the ball. I mean he Yeah,
2: there's limited options.
1: He has to like be the facilitator, put the players in a bare position to succeed, and on your third quarterback, he just wasn't cutting it. All
0: right, let's just get into it. One of the one of the guys, obviously, that the immediate name that came up when the Redskins lost Colt McCoy was Colin Kaepernick. And the justification publicly for not bringing him in was he doesn't fit our system. Mm -hmm. Now, Mark Sanchez was apparently the guy who fit the system, and it didn't work. So they Wait, it didn't work? It didn't work. Uh, Did you you miss that one? That one. That one. That one. (laughs) That (laughs) few. They bring in Josh Johnson, and this is a guy who hasn't played football in forever. But they looked better with him than they did with the quote-unquote system quarterback. Yeah. So they had to change things up for Josh Johnson. I'm willing to draw some parallels here between two teams regionally. Parallel that to what was going on in Baltimore, where Joe Flacco is kind of a a limited skill set type guy. He doesn't move particularly well outside the pocket. He gets hurt. They put Lamar Jackson in, who you have to run an entirely, almost entirely different offense in, and they go from deep in the hole in the AFC North, to winning the division. It really makes you wonder, is the excuse of, we need a system quarterback, does that hold any water whatsoever? I mean,
3: obviously those are two totally different players. One's mobile, one's more just arm-heavy. But I think with the Redskins, they didn't have as much talent with a mobile quarterback. Josh Johnson, yeah, sure, he did better running. He did better than Mark Sanchez yeah. But still, I mean, neither was great throwing wise, so we didn't have as much talent. But like, I'm just surprised that the the pool was so low for that position at that time of the year.
2: I think there was also like a I don't know. Sanchez had a history. Players didn't believe because they'd seen what he what he's done, and he's he's been there. You know, he's he, in his prime. He was good, but the last couple seasons, he's been around a couple teams, and he hasn't he hasn't done too well. Players didn't really believe you. You throw Josh Johnson in, and right away he he went like I don't know he went like four for four and got a touchdown on like his first or second drive. The team changed completely once he came Are in. You talking about his first game? game? His first game. Okay, still
3: he's playing in garbage time against yeah. a forty to nothing leading Giants. But still
2: the team looked a little bit, like I don't know. I I they agree.
3: Looked a lot better I agree, but I guarantee couple the couple defense they were playing was a lot more relaxed. But then the
2: next game no, was we, Jacksonville. No, Jackson.
1: Can, can I go back to your initial oh, question, please? So, uh, the big differences I'm seeing is mostly focused on scheme and defense. I mean... We haven't even touched on the defense yet. We We got things to
0: talk about there, but go on.
1: Well, all right. So, having Joe Flacco switch with Lamar Jackson lends itself to a whole different game
0: plan. So, their game plan goes from... I think also one of the things that's going to kind of not get the attention that it ought to have because it was so dramatic losing Alex Smith was the complete and total collapse of this defense kind of midway through the year, somewhat inexplicably. At a certain point, I truly believed that man for man— This was one of the best defenses we've seen in our entire lifetime. But it all just fell apart so suddenly. I mean, I think it was right around the time of that Tampa Bay game where they're just getting gashed by Ryan Fitzpatrick, where it's like, who are these guys? You know, they're front seven. Any defense that has Allen and Payne on it is automatically vaulted, man. in, in terms of a talent perspective, towards the top of the last couple of years. Their front seven has been an issue, but they have been really... They were individually talented, and for some reason, I I, I can't... I don't want to be one of these, oh, they didn't have heart, they didn't have fight, but, you know, Josh Norman was just getting totally exposed. Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, when they brought him in, wasn't able to get the job done. Mason Foster basically stopped playing. Ryan Kerrigan was consistent but I think in those situations needs to find a way to stand out everything really just went south kind of on a dime and I don't know if it's what you said earlier that they were overperforming and they reverted to the mean or if there was something that was going on that whole thing really just kind of shocked me
1: yeah I always thought they're overperforming I mean for the past three or four years you could point to this defense and say it was the real weakness of the team. And to me, they didn't make enough changes in the off season to propel the defense to where they were performing. So, in my eyes, it was only a matter of time until they fell back
0: and, and weren't performing as strongly. So, now the season's over. Redskins are done. Storylines this week out of Landover, predominantly coming from the Washington Post, Uh, I think, I'll I'll give a quick shout-out, I think the Washington Post just has some of the best coverage, local sports coverage across the board um, of any outlet, of any city, was that the front office has... Things have fallen so far that even historically die hard fans have kind of fallen not into anger or sadness, but indifference. Which based on the the legacy and the tradition of this team, which, mind you, we've mentioned before, we weren't really there to have ever seen. Yep. They people are just kind of resigned to the fact that this is a team that is irrelevant in a lot of ways, and it's kind of a tough pill to swallow.
2: Yeah, it is. Well, you want to have, as one of the biggest like, sports teams in this area, you want to have, obviously, a, a good team, a competitive team, but after years of um, falling short, it, it, it definitely takes a toll on fans, and it gets hard to go to games. People, you can see in the stands, it's been hard to, to get people out there. Yeah, you need, you need consistently good seasons for people to start believing again. And also, obviously, we ran into some unlucky, bad luck with like injuries this year. But hopefully we can... They win. were the most injured yeah. team in it the world. it was league. ridiculous how insanely unhealthy we were this year. But hopefully, coming years, we can. But yeah, we need a couple of seasons of just strong wins for people to start believing again. I, th- I think
3: consistent is, is the right word there, but the Redskins do it the wrong way. What are they,
0: like five hundred over their last however many seasons now. Yeah, and I mean under Dan Snyder, his ownership, they're functionally averaging in between a seven and nine and six and ten record. Yeah. So that's,
3: right. that's that's good enough to always be right there, but not good enough to ever get a good draft pick. And I think that's why they've always been just they haven't progressed or regressed so much because they're not good enough or bad enough to make a big enough move in the off season because they're always like, oh, it would have just taken three more wins and we would have been there. So it's just something that's that's very frustrating to watch. And you're you're hanging in there all season thinking, all right, maybe we're six and three here. If we can just rock out a good end of the season, we can we can roll into the postseason, maybe, maybe do something well here. But then again, those seasons where they're not doing well. I feel like they close out strong. And it's like, well, what are you guys doing? We should probably be tanking at this point and looking for a good prospect in the offseason. But they're, they're just always right around 500, and, and so it's never putting them in a great position to to draft well. And I don't know. It's just something that frustrates me because you have to after so many years. You ha- something has to change. I
0: feel like a lot of people are kind of getting numb to it, and that's the worst place that you want to be like you'd rather I personally believe you'd rather have mad or sad fans than you'd have fans who kind of just don't care. They just go about what's like, all right, whatever, that's just how things are now.
2: Yeah, I would have loved to have been Cleveland this year. Sure. Just because they've been so bad. Didn't win a game last year. Yeah. And the whole goal was just win one game, but watching those games were intense. Like even though they were until this year they were so bad, fans come to games cuz they want to see that first win. It's the, something to look forward
0: to. The Browns were literally two plays away from being a playoff. Yeah, team. yeah.
2: The first, like, three games, they went to, like, overtime, or they were right there. They, they could have made it.
0: If they had been able to kick a field goal in a rainy game against the Steelers, mm-hmm. they win that game, and if in this last and that would set him up this last week. If they had not thrown that interception and been able to kick a field goal, they would have been a playoff team.
3: It's a good thing Bud Light only agreed to the, the free fridge of beer for their first win because uh, I think they would have
0: lost a whole lot more money this year. Yeah. So I mean, good on them. I mean it had to have been so hard for the last, what, twenty years to have been a Browns fan, but I don't know. The Redskins, they got a long road back. We're heading into an off season where there are going to be a lot of questions. And I think we'll just close things off by asking one question here because we're going to have more conversations uh, in the off season. If you're the Redskins and you can do one thing that can get back towards regaining some of that relevance, either in the league or with your fans, because clearly there's a fan issue about them not feeling as though this team is is worth their time or money. What's that one thing? What's the one thing the Redskins can do this offseason where they can make enough of a splash that people are are gonna start really reinvesting?
2: I'm gonna start with I don't know who agrees with me, but say fire Jay Gruden. I I don't like what well, we've done the last couple of the years he's been there. We've been a 500 team. We've always been on the cusp of making the playoffs. We've never been – I know we've had struggles with who we've had on the team, but we've never been the dominant team there. And just the playmaking, you see, there's, there's calls where we always consistently throw it short on third downs. Like, why don't we go in a little farther? I don't know. I want to I see some change for once, and I want to see us make some moves. And I think starting with the head coach, that can lead to some big – potential changes that can get fans hey what what's going to be new this year we got a new head coach something to look forward to
3: I, I agree I, I do think especially this year injuries haunted us but I think he's had a very long tenure here and it's at, at what point do you say enough's enough he's had what's the
0: longest th- tenure of any coach under Dan
3: Snyder and I think uh, underperforming team too cuz we haven't was that, was we've seen I mean. what one playoff berth with it, him that's right. Yeah. What's well, sad is also when you said that everyone drank. Like they were like, "Yeah, let's drink to that." <laughs> he probably should be fired at this point. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think uh, I think Jay Gruden's gonna get a pass, but uh, people are gonna look to the injuries that he's tried or had to overcome, um, and give him a pass on that. Yeah, uh, I agree. For me, it's it's firing Bruce Allen. Uh, he's he's a just just a yes man under uh Dan Snyder uh I have a stat that when he, under his tenure Washington is 58 and 84 and oh, 1 gosh for a, a 40.6 winning percentage
2: how is he still there like,
3: that's, that's almost a d wait no no it's not
1: it's a 40.6 <laughs> uh, it's because
2: it's 20 points into an F.
1: <laughs> he has he has weaseled his way into the goodwill of Dan Snyder and their boys.
2: Yeah, he, uh, he fits the system, right, guys? I guess
1: so. Yeah. Trust. It Trust. It is the resonance. system. Dr. Jones. So, Shit. yeah, no problem. So, if they want to make a big splash that's really going to resonate with the fans, I think starting there is uh, the best, the best place to really change it up. I mean, I don't think... Uh, he's really he's messed up the Kirk Cousins situation he's brought in some players that people don't agree with based on uh, their domestic violence or or whatnot Uh, I just don't think that he's steering this franchise in the right direction
3: uh, I'll go next. I think I have the obvious choice here, but they have to probably shore up the quarterback position. It's it's unknown. Alex Smith's status, uh, he's probably not going to be anywhere close to starting next season. That's probably correct. Um, but I don't think Josh Johnson or Colt McCoy are the answer, so I would love for the Skins to definitely uh, do some good research this off season and and maybe look around and see what free agents are available or, or who are the top prospects? Because, of course, with our, our standing, we're not going to have the best pro- or draft pick, but uh, there might be some free agents out there. And that's a position, obviously, we're very thin at. And, and with the guys we have on hand, they're not going to get us to where we want to be. Other than that, I think we should lock up Tress Way for an eight-year deal because he MVP, has far and away MVP, been our best player MVP. for more than a year now. And it's it's tough to say that when your best player is your punter, but he's done a hell of a job.
0: So I think when I think about what this offseason could use to give the Redskins a bit of a shot in the arm, I'm going at it from a place of, of realism. Jay Gruden is not going to get fired. Yeah,
2: I don't think you will either. I just want it to happen.
0: <laughs> Bruce Allen is definitely not going to get fired. Bruce,
3: what's some of your analysis on that? Or like, why do you why do you think that that's because
0: he, Dan Dan loves him. I mean, he's he as as I think Chris said, he's a yes man. There was some reports this week that uh, other owners just kind of think of the Redskins front office as a bit of a joke in that. It's like living in a snow globe yeah. where all they have is each other. And Bruce wholly indulges all the, the things that Dan wants. And, I mean, that's borne out. We saw it last week when they laid off the entire marketing staff, uh, and the operations staff with Brian LaFamina, because they were vocal about things not going well. Is that the
3: importance of not being a yes man? Is that like
0: a... (laughs) I I just think Dan wants a guy who will indulge him. Yeah. And that's been the case the entire time that he's been the owner of this team. Yeah. So I just, I don't believe that Bruce is going anywhere. It seemed like with the layoffs that happened last week, there were power struggles that Bruce won. Mm -hmm. So I just think he's staying. I do think, though, the... Singular thing the Redskins can do this offseason, realistically, that can make them a better team is to find someone to actually replace Scott McLuhan a year after he's been fired. Get a football hire to be responsible for personnel decisions and give them the title of general manager because Bruce Allen's a team president. He's evidently somewhat involved in personnel decisions. That, that decision-making doesn't really seem to rest with any one person. They've trotted out Doug Williams to justify some personnel decisions, but that's not his role either. So if they can go out and find a guy who is responsible for evaluating talent not on their roster, evaluating the guys that they have currently and try to make some plans about making this team better on the field, then I think I might be able to stomach Bruce Allen sticking around to do whatever it is that he's supposed to be doing. Stomach Jay Gruden patrolling the sidelines still. I, I'm, I'm generally for continuity. Obviously things aren't going well, but you know they didn't have a single guy who I felt confident throwing the football to this year. The receiver core was terrible. And I think some of that is a function of not having a true general manager who you can say that's a guy who made the draft picks, who went out and found free agents, and I think the Redskins could really take some steps forward and show some progress and continue continuity if they go out and get a general manager.
2: Well, where where was Crowder? Was Crowder hurt last year? Yeah, mostly. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, out for he maybe, came maybe back, eight he weeks. he made a little bit of a splash, but... Yeah, I guess he was he I was think he was out. he was in
3: in the beginning and we were winning and then he was out when we needed him and we were losing and then he came back in desperation time and, and we continued losing.
2: And I still don't get why he like was like a, a top receiver with Kirk Cousins and then like the next year I think Cousins.
0: some of it was he wasn't he was the third receiver and the other guys had to be covered. Yeah. So he was getting himself open but Jordan Reed was playing at a higher level. Yeah. Chris Thompson was healthy, so he was getting touches out of the backfield. And it feels silly to say, but like again, man for man, they have they have some talented players. They have weaknesses for sure. Yeah. Linebacker, even though Ruben Foster is probably gonna play. We'll talk about that another time. Um they're gonna have to replace a safety or two. I would love to see them go out and get another wide receiver, maybe shore up some. Or ball. two. Or two. <laughs> Sure up some offensive line depth. But these are the types of decisions that a general manager should be making, not a team president. And so if the Redskins are going to get better, they need to find someone who will do that for them. Stabby, I, I do agree that they need a
1: GM. I'm just concerned with the current setup that he's just going to turn into a scapegoat.
0: That very well may be. It may be, but... You don't know, and I mean, you gotta try. You you have to try.
2: Yeah, I think we something needs to change. Like we we need to adjust.
0: They they dragged Scott McLuhan through the mud and ran him out of town on a rail in like a really unprofessional way, and I do think if you're a prospective general manager, you're gonna think twice about joining an organization like this. Absolutely. At the same time, though, if for the last let's say 20 years it's been your dream to be a general manager of an NFL team you don't pass up an opportunity if it comes to you yeah for sure so there will be people who will want this job in spite of maybe their better judgment and I to all the potential legitimate general manager candidates who listen to hogs night a portcast, please please don't don't let what has happened here in the past taint your perception. Please come to Washington and make this a better team and we make this a you. team that people want to root for. So I guess on that note, uh, we should probably wind things down. We appreciate everyone tuning in and listening. Uh, we'll be back in your feed shortly, as will hopefully some other new different voices for Hogs Haven. Uh, really looking forward to bringing in some of these these new folks. I don't want to tip my hand too much, but... As the person who has been reviewing tapes, I can tell you they're very good, and uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing what they have to say. So for that, I think we'll sign off for Dr. Jones, for Ned Botneil, for Beige Roomba, for Wayne Bretsky, A.K.A. Champs' drummer. Thank you all for tuning in. This was Hogs Night, a podcast.
3: In route.